Thank you, Derek. Good morning, everybody. My name's Roger. I'm one of the leaders of the church here. Fantastic reading, uh, that is, of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Always puts a a slight smile on my face as we read that through about the parts of the body and none of us can really choose what part we are. We're not going to think too much about the parts of our own body and which are uh, less honourable or those bits that we don't like. Uh, That would probably not be a very positive uh, time for us this morning. What I do want you to do is turn to somebody that you have not yet spoken to and say something positive about why you've come here today. What's something positive about maybe why you feel you may well belong? And if there isn't anything, just make it up. Go. You've got 20 seconds to do that just now. Okay, that'll do. That's the start of some conversations that you can maybe have uh, over in the, uh, the cafe area over coffee. It's good, though, to all be together, isn't it? Thank you. There's three of us that are really pleased that we're here this morning. I'd love to meet with the three of you afterwards that are really pleased you're here. I've no idea what the rest of you are doing there, really. If we are to go to maybe a sports occasion that has a jam-packed stadium, or you're going to go to a concert of your favourite artist, and it's absolutely jam-packed, the atmosphere is electric, there's something very, very positive about being with other people. We sense that buzz one and another. And just as you were engaging with just one or two people just then, there was something coming alive that we feed off of one another. We do need one another, don't we? It's going to be a long morning. Let's just close in prayer, shall we? Okay. I've been here long enough, I think I can say that. Now we'll have a quick cup of coffee and go home. It may well be, of course, that for some people, we think, you know what, actually, I, I find it a little bit difficult being in and around other people. I prefer my own space, and that's okay. Some of us are extroverts, some of us are introvert, and we could have discussion about that. But if we never, ever like or see anything positive about being with other people, there's something there that has warped God's very ideal for us as being people, human beings. You know, even when all was perfect back in Genesis, God said it is not good for man to be alone. That sense of it being good to be together. Every Christian has been made for relationship, but beyond that, every single person that's alive has been made for relationship. I want us to think about that a little bit this morning under the heading, as you've already uh, realised, of belonging. And uh, yesterday we nearly burst forth into song of the uh, the Sister Sledge anthem from the 80s. We are family, but we chose not to. Um, Certainly, by the way, things are going this morning, we're definitely uh, not to. But I'll leave that up to you as to whether or not you choose to do that a little bit uh, a little bit later. Christianity has very little, if anything, to do with religion. But it has everything to do with relationships. Our relationship with God and our relationship next to that with one another. Especially for those of us who are believers of others who are our brothers or our sisters. Because God has put us in relationship. The moment that someone becomes a Christian, like it or not, you automatically have a whole host, globally speaking, of brothers and sisters. So if you're looking around thinking, oh, great. No choice within that. 
the Bible does not encourage us to live out our faith on our own or outside of any church family. Especially for the reason of, well, because faith is a private matter. Oh, really? I've heard that before. If faith is only a private matter in the sense of it being worked out in solitary, it is not Christianity. And if that's what you've bought into, it is not Christianity that you've bought into. Because at the heart of Christianity is that message that came from Jesus himself. He said the greatest commandment is this, to love God and then to love one another as indeed you love yourself. The Bible says that we are put together, that we are joined together, that we are built together, that we are members together, that we are heirs together, that we are fitted together, that we are held together, that we will be caught up together. You don't need to be a theologian to work out what the common denominator there of how God's word speaks of the Christian faith and what it means to be a part of a spiritual family, do you? Although this morning, maybe, you know. (laughs) There's that word together, isn't there? Whether we feel comfortable or not with that. Now, we express this formally as a church in terms of what we call membership. That word even itself is of Christian origin. More about that a little bit later. Church is a place to belong as well as to believe. As we were talking in our groups yesterday, and Bruce has already shared that story of, of uh, a cafe church yesterday, which was just fantastic, wasn't it? Uh, in terms of somebody walking in off the street because they'd heard our singing and they still want to come. I mean, miracles do happen. Come on. But beyond that, that phrase that they shared with Bruce about, I'm looking for somewhere to belong. I remember somebody uh, once before, a number of years ago now, who was wanting to try church as a place because they were looking for somewhere to belong. But it didn't kind of cut it for them. And they found another place with another group of guys where they felt that sense of camaraderie and belonging. How sad. Because we ought to be the best people group in the whole world to be able to express true family, didn't we? Yes, Roger. We ought to. Thank you. Thank you, Jan. You're running with me. This is what God's word says. I'm reading from the message version of Romans chapter 12. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? Yesterday, when uh, we were sharing in the group that I was in, I was aware that I'd been at the church for twice the length of time as anybody else in our group around uh, the table that I was sat at. So I said, well... Since you've been coming, what is it that's that's drawn you in? What is it that you've maybe felt about this whole uh, essence of belonging? This is what some of the people said. Uh, they said, well, I felt immediately welcomed. I felt befriended. I felt accepted. I felt people spoke to me. Uh, I felt asked after when I'd not been uh, around for a while. I was allowed to help. 
positivity, all uh, reflecting that sense of uh, belonging. Now that's great if we feel like that individually, but we've got an opportunity as well as a responsibility to seek to help others who may well not feel like that, to feel like that, that are a part of the wider Christian family here that we call Dorchester Community Church. Think back about that that concept of the body that we read from uh, from Romans, uh, for, sorry, from one Corinthians chapter twelve. If an organ is severed from its body, it will indeed shrivel and die. Well, now we know that. Hence, often the first sign of spiritual decline is linked to a person's absence from that wider body. Wow, if I had a pound for every time I've seen that happen. And you know, the one thing that we don't kind of learn with that is that we just don't learn that that is how it is. And of course, we're very good at justifying our absence. Oh, I could do with a break one Sunday. And then the following week, we don't feel that good. And then of course, the following week, there's something else that looks a lot more attractive than coming here. And then before you know it, it's been a month. And then we think, well, nobody's contacted me. That gives me a right to then not turn up. Interesting the response there, isn't it? And before you know it, it's been two months, three, and bit by bit. Particularly if individuals are not connected in to some form of ministry or small group, we no longer see that individual again. That is tragic whenever that Occurs. The Christian who says they don't need church is either arrogant or ignorant or both. And that's quite a rest statement, uh, but it's what I believe. This is what the Bible says. Christ loved the church. He gave his life for it. Ephesians chapter 5.25. The Bible calls the church what? The bride of Christ. Now you wouldn't say, well I love you Jesus, but I can't stand your wife. Would you? The church is the bride of Christ. It's also called the body of Christ. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 2, Revelation chapter 19 verse 7 if you want to check that out. But again we wouldn't say well I love you Jesus but I'm not that keen on your body. We are Christ's body. Those are challenging words aren't they? We should love the church, not just use it. Every Christian, I believe, should be committed to one group of Christian uh, believers. And that's okay if you're on holiday and you go somewhere else or you're a part of, a, of another local church and you just fancy a change or your uh, church hasn't got a meeting any particular week. We get a number of people out on a Sunday evening uh, here uh, that that is true for who then uh, join us on Sunday evenings, which of course uh, is wonderful. But each Christian, bottom line, ought to be attached to, connected in to one particular group of believers. There are only two exceptions that we come across uh, in the New Testament. And because of the lack of feedback this morning, there's no way I'm going to run the risk of asking you the question. One of the exceptions was the dying thief next to Jesus on the cross. He kind of couldn't have really connected him with any uh, Christian body. He was just about to die. And the other exception are those people who've been removed from membership due to public unconfessed sin. So if you believe that you're a Christian, but you're not hanging from a cross or sinning unashamedly, then you ought to be nailing your colours to your mast and saying, okay, the people group of God's people that I'm going to connect in with and be committed to is or are. That is why you have in scripture the church 
at Rome, the church at Philippi, the church in Corinth, that this letter that we're looking at in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 was written uh, to. The Bible doesn't know anything at all of service attenders. The Bible doesn't know anything at all of what's been called bunny believers. Those people who like to hop around for their fix from one church to another to get the latest Christian buzz up that will keep them going for the next week or month. It's not in scripture anyway. This is what we read in scripture. We read this. You belong in God's household with every other Christian. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19. Membership demonstrates our being especially connected to one group of believers and says you're committed to working out your own faith in support of God's cause on earth. So some were a part of this church or that church. That's what you get through the New Testament. Now, at this point, I just want to throw in about this word membership. Every now and then, over the years, uh, people have said, ah, but there's no such thing as membership in the New Testament. Well, that is and isn't true. They certainly knew who the church of Corinth was. They certainly knew who the church at Rome was. Otherwise, how Paul could have, how could have Paul written letters to that people group? Who was in and who was out? We don't know, but they knew. They had a definition. They had to have had a definition. And here's other reasons why we can know that. When Jesus spoke in terms of discipline in Matthew chapter 20, uh, sorry, Matthew chapter 18, the first encouragement was that we sort things out one with another. And I hope you seek to do that. Don't come to me first complaining about whatever, because I would just say, go and sort it out with the person. If that doesn't work out, then the encouragement is to take someone else along as well. But eventually, the end result, if things are unresolved, is that you tell it to the church, says Jesus. If there was no definition for church in that particular place and that for that particular people group, how could you tell that message to the church? There had to have been a definition. Think elsewhere in the New Testament where in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul speaks about expelling the immoral brother or sister. Expel them from what? If there was no concrete term for what that church or what that people group was, it would be impossible to expel somebody out of a group that didn't exist, wouldn't it? And again in Hebrews chapter 13, That speaks there about Christians submitting to the spiritual authority of their leaders. Leaders of what? Leaders of the particular defined church that you and I are a part of. If there is no definition for church, how can you be in submission to a group of leaders of a body that doesn't really exist We don't know the exact values that were written up in those individual churches as to what it meant to be a part of any particular individual church. I think that's thanks to the grace of God and the wisdom of God. Because times change. 
and cultures change. We've got enough pointers in scripture to work out what that means to be a part of the Christian church today and what it means to be a part of ourselves as Dorchester Community Church. You can read that on our website. Just click on the bit that says about joining the church or a bit about membership. And we unpack there about what we're about, what our values are. We're going through 10 in this mini-series at the start of this year. This is week four. If you want to know the other bits, then click online. Download the teaching from that to bring you up to speed. Hopefully, by the end of that time, if you've been with us for uh, for a while, you think, well, what are, the, what are this people group about that call themselves Dorchester Community Church? You will know. Very clear, uh, really in terms of believing, in terms of worshipping, in terms of praying, and now we're week four in terms of belonging. So I just wanted to uh, to throw uh, that there in there as well. But there's also uh, the challenge in Acts chapter 20, where Paul speaks to the leaders of a given church. And he said, you are to be overseers and shepherds of the flock. How can you do that unless you know who your flock is or are? There must have been something whereby they knew how that church was defined then. And for us, in 2020, uh, we've got what we call membership. So, back to what uh, God's word is maybe saying to us today. Every Christian should be committed to one group of believers, but also every Christian benefits from that sense of belonging. We really do. And we were speaking around the table yesterday about the positives that we feel as a result of being a part of something that we call a church. It shows, firstly, that you are a genuine believer, doesn't it? Thinking, you know, I'm serious about that and I want to work this out with other like-minded people who love Jesus and who also resonate with what this church is about. How does that start? Well, if you go back to the New Testament, being a part of the people of God began with baptism. Uh, we we uh, baptised people here by full immersion, exactly as they did uh, back then. Well, not exactly as they did. There's no river that we tend to use. Uh, other churches do. We've got a baptistry that we import in from a local church. And actually, Lynn, who I've seen you this morning, and Lynn and, uh, and Tony and Vicky and Tiger, they were baptised last, was it last year. Yeah, last year. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're saying, yes, nods of, uh, from the back there. Uh, they, they were baptized in last year as a sense of this is my badge of belonging. I belong to Jesus firstly, but they then sought to become a part of this church because this is where I'm going to work out what it means for me as an individual to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Each person should work that out. And if it's not here, that's okay. But make sure you are fully involved and committed wherever you choose and wherever God leads you. There's lots of great other churches around uh, the town. We can't be a part of the body of Christ and be on our own. It just doesn't make any sense, does it? Here's a visual aid that hopefully will make it a little bit clearer. Well, actually, I've got two for you. Uh, this is this is one of Tom King's toys, which he's very kindly uh, lent me this morning. Anybody uh, know who this character is? 
Uh, who said one of the elders? No, no, that's not the case. You can actually have a guessing game as to who it actually looks like most, can't you? No, don't do that. Uh, this is Mr. Potato Head uh, from the uh, from the uh, kind of like Toy Story thing. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Tom's looking at me with that look. So you better make sure that it doesn't uh, come to any harm. But of course, this, this may well come to some harm because it may well be that the arm might fall off. Uh, well, what good is it for someone who is an arm to say, "I am." A part of the body, I am the body. No, you're not, you're an arm. But that arm on its own isn't really operating, is it all, is it? Where should the arm be? Attached to the body. It's not rocket science, is it? But it's chosen not to be. And of course we could then kind of like, you know, lose the nose as well. Has it smell? Yeah, okay, terrible, yeah. Or we could maybe move... The, the mouth, the tongue, and maybe actually in some respects that could be not a bad thing uh, at times. And then there's maybe the eyes, and you can get where I'm going with that, can't you? Now that's that's just with the toy. This this is a more serious uh, looking visual aid here. I did speak with a number of our uh, uh, of our members who work at DCH Hospital about could they bring in um, maybe a, a body part. Uh, Helen. <laughs> Helen, Helen thought I was actually meaning a physical body part. She said, well, I think it would probably go off by the time I brought it in in a plastic bag. I said, no, that's, that wasn't what I was really, uh, uh, really meaning. If I was to say to you, this is a body, you'd think, no, it isn't. It is a hand. This hand ought to be connected to a body. I don't need to apply this, do I? But maybe even if we're all getting it here, there'll be others who are not here today that are operating as, I'm a hand, that's good enough, I could be over here, disconnected. Really? Yes, I'm a part of the body of Christ. No, you're apart from the body of Christ. It's a contradiction in terms, isn't it? But sometimes we need something uh, physical and tangible and visible to actually help us get um, a hand uh, uh, of that. And so hopefully that has helped to achieve that. That seems really weird actually without that. So I'll remove that, I think. Okay. It helps, doesn't it, to show that we're genuine a believer. But secondly, it helps us to be less selfish because we know that we then have to consider the needs of other people. We live in a culture and an, and an age where we know people are very hot on what their rights are. And sadly, I've seen over the years that translate into church. I'm here ultimately to have me and my needs met. I expect there to be coffee and for somebody to serve it. I expect there to be junior church. I expect the chairs to be laid out. I expect there to be a worship group. I expect the microphones to work. I expect there to be words on the screen. I expect to be greeted on the door. Do I need to continue? In actual fact, being a part of a church as someone who belongs forces us to think outwardly of other people. This is what the Bible says in 1 John chapter 3 verse 16 because being a Christian isn't all about believing John 3.16 which we can be very quick to quote it's about putting into practice 1 John 3.16 which reads as follows Jesus Christ laid down his life for us 
And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Laying down our lives. We're not even asking that, are we? That's the challenge. But it also offers opportunity for us to exercise our spiritual muscle. That can't be done by just attending a service or just sitting at home. When Paul spoke to the church at Ephesus, he said this in chapter 4, verse 16. As each part does its own special work, it helps other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and is full of love. Over 50 times, the Bible speaks of what is called one another ministries. I'm going to remind you of some of those. We are encouraged in the New Testament to love. In actual fact, where the feedback has been pretty rubbish, you're going to join in with this. The words are one another. Okay, I'll make it easy for you. We are encouraged in the New Testament to love one another. Oh, wakey, wakey. Just as I'm finishing, look, typical. To love one another. We are encouraged to pray for. We are encouraged to encourage. We are encouraged to admonish. To greet. To serve. To teach. To honour. To forgive. Yeah, a little bit quieter that one, wasn't it? To submit to. To be devoted to. This is what we mean By biblical membership. And remember when Jesus told the parable of the Good Samaritan? That parable ended throughout all the challenges that were written into the story. Him saying to his followers, now you, go and do the opposite. And just be there to meet your own needs. Is that what you read in Luke chapter 10? I don't think so. Now you, go. And do likewise. And for those of you who do, and you do that day in, day out, week in, week out, I want to say thank you on behalf of the leadership team, particularly for those of you who do the stuff that nobody else sees. Not just helping the rest of us to belong, but to making this thing that we call Dorchester Community Church work. Because without you, it wouldn't. And I especially want to honour those of you who are retired do that. This church would fold tomorrow without the committed elderly folk that we have who are busting a gut for Jesus in this building and place. Rick Warren, who's pastor, said these words. He said, isolation breeds deceitfulness. It's easy to fool ourselves into thinking we're mature when there's no one to challenge us. Real maturity shows up in relationships. We need more than the Bible to grow. We need other believers. Because as we rub shoulders one with another, we're going to meet people different to us, who believe slightly different things, who have different priorities about what matters most in church life. And we've all got those kind of things. But actually, it's the beauty of the whole as we seek to kind of rub uh, rub alongside one another and kind of help one another, have those, those rough edges that we've each got kind of sanded down a little bit, that the overall body looks rather beautiful. And let's hope that that lady that Bruce spoke to, who's going to link in, we hope, next Saturday, sees something of that and thinks, you know what? I'm looking for somewhere to belong and a people to belong with. Wow. I want to belong at this church 
because that is demonstrating everything that I am feeling would tick a box and float my own boat. Wouldn't that be amazing? Finally, it helps us, it helps to prevent us from falling. That whole thing of the benefits of belonging. You can see Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9, 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 12. Uh, that thing of pride can come before a fall. Others can look out for us. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 13 says, encourage one another daily so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Mind your own business is not a Christian phrase. What's going on in our lives ought to matter to us. And if someone is struggling, or we think, you know what, I think things are getting a little bit out of kilter, or you get a hunch you feel that God is placed on your heart, in love, seek to see how that individual is at. Are you okay? How are you doing? What's going on? Anything I can pray for? You can do that with the warmth of a smile. They can say no and put up a barrier. That's okay, but at least you have demonstrated something. Sometimes we feel we don't know what to say, don't we? And so we choose to say nothing. That's never the best option, I don't think. Run a risk. Run a risk. It's all too easy to play it safe and assume that someone else will ask that question of someone. It could well be that God has placed a name or person's face in your mind today for you to make contact with. And if you don't, no one else will. And we might never see them again. That's the challenge. But also what a rich opportunity as well, isn't it? When a baby is uh, born, and uh, ladies particularly this is uh, true for, when a baby is born and you see that kind of uh, newborn baby, it's probably a bit like that, and you see the pictures, and, and I can see right now as I look at it, all the ladies with their heads tilted and the guys going... There's that sense of, ah, oh. and if I thought about it, Leo, actually I could have sent you a picture of a baby and we could have shoved up a picture of a baby. I've not got a picture of a baby at all this morning, but if I'd done that, I know there would have been an automatic response of, ah, oh. but there isn't one. So you'll have to use your imagination. And imagination can be okay. We recognise, however beautiful and wonderful that newborn babe uh, is, They've just been welcomed into um, uh, a universal family of human beings. And we, we get that. But that baby needs a specific family to love it, him or her, to care for it, to nurture it and everything else. To feed it, to protect it and to help develop that individual. It's exactly the same spiritually. When someone becomes a Christian... They are immediately welcomed, like that, into that global thing that we call the Church of God. Denomination is irrelevant. Any believer and follower of Jesus Christ is welcomed into God's family. But we also recognise beyond that, that that individual needs a specific family around him or her to help learn, to be protected to feel supported, to enabled and facilitated to grow. We're just one of those that's called Dorchester Community Church. If you've got a hunch that maybe this is the, the church and the place and the people for you, we'd love to have a chat with you. 
Chris, who was doing celebrations, is one of the leaders of the church. Martin, who was there doing, uh, leading, leading worship. There's, there's David over here, there's Paul who's over there. It would be great to actually have conversation with you. If you think, based on this morning, nah, that's okay. I'm okay with that. There are some great churches out there, but please make sure you're committed to one. That's important, because that's the only mandate that we get from scripture in terms of our connection with God's people. It's tragic, isn't it, when an individual in a family feels they don't fit in. You may well have families uh, that you know, or even maybe your own family, where an individual just doesn't feel that they fit in. It's even more tragic, I think, when that happens in the church of God. Because the church of God was birthed by his very spirit that speaks as that, uh, as that uh, reading uh, spoke to us about, of the oneness that we have in God. We need to work to that end, don't we? So as we think about how to work that out in practice, why not seek to meet up with one or two of your brothers or sisters this week? Maybe, why not really push the boat out and seek to meet up with somebody, dare I say it, that you don't really know and say, well, you'll do. What are you doing on a Wednesday afternoon or whatever it may well be? Let's push the boat out a little bit further. Particularly since you've echoed back that we're to be about forgiving one another. Thank you very much. What about inviting out somebody for coffee that you don't like? Oh, but, 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 no, come on. There'll be people that you don't get on with. That's okay. We're still called to love one another. We're not told to like one another. You can still not like that person. It's all, that's fine. But we are commanded to love one another. How might that be expressed? Maybe a meal. Maybe a coffee. Hey. The cafe is open during the week here. It's not just for people out there. If you're around when the cafe's open, you think, you know what, why don't we meet here? There'll be others who would love to serve you a cup of coffee. Have a chat with them, encourage them. But maybe meet a friend here too. If you're not connected into one of those small groups that we call life groups, I'd encourage you to think about that. That's where there's that primary means of being able to be supported as a, as a smaller version of family. We'd love to welcome you. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to hear uh, from uh, some of our life groups as to what they do, where they meet, and what is their purpose of that group. Of that group. Lastly, I want to say to anyone here, you say, you know, I don't even know if I am a follower of Jesus that you've mentioned. I don't even know if I am a Christian. You can be before you leave this building. And as soon as you are, you can also say that Sister Sledge song about we are family. I'm not going to sing it. Because the moment and anybody says, God, would you forgive me my wrongdoing? I, I do believe this Jesus stuff. I believe that Jesus died for my sin, for my wrong. I want to follow this Jesus. I want to be a part of a family of people that kind of like resonate with me about what I believe. And I want to be helped to work that out. If that's you and you're unsure how to make that happen, we'd love to give you a little leaflet. It simply says, turn to God. That would explain that, but we can talk you through that. When we think about belonging, in the same way as Jesus' arms were open wide when he gave his life on the cross, God's arms are open to every single person. 
regardless of colour, regardless of ability, regardless of age, regardless of orientation. God so loved the world. Thank you. You're a part of that. Receive him. Come to him. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to belong together. We've all got that opportunity. Sometimes we hash it up, we make mistakes and we maybe don't feel that we fit in or we get hurt or we've said a wrong thing or maybe uh, we're not even aware or others are not even aware of what we're feeling. Help us to not disappear off the radar. Help us to not be someone who just points the figure to it being someone else's fault. Help us to work at what it means to express belonging. God, we thank you that amidst all the, all the things that can go wrong, this is a good church. So many people that are doing so much to help us feel that we might belong. May we each want to be one of those people. That's not a part of the problem, but that's saying, count me in to be a part of the solution. And if you're unsure about this God at all, say, God, come. Reveal yourself to me. I want to belong in your family. His arms are open for you and his answer will always say, yes, come. Come. We worship a faithful God. God, hear our prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen.